Podcast Strategies, Episode 67, Making Podcasting More Profitable with Amber De La Garza, the Productivity Specialist. Welcome, and thank you for listening to Podcast Strategies. I'm really looking forward to today's episode because I'm bringing you an interview that I just did recently with one of my clients, Amber De La Garza, the Productivity Specialist, on her podcast, Productivity Straight Talk. When listening in on my conversation with Amber, you're going to discover strategies to save time and money while podcasting. The holy grail of growing a business in today's world, a surefire way to maximize your SEO, and you're going to hear Amber's and my podcasting process and so much more. Now let's get to my interview with Amber. Hey, Danny, welcome to Productivity Straight Talk. How are you today? Hey, Amber, I'm good. We're here getting ready for a hurricane in Florida. But other than that, it's, uh, it's all full steam ahead here. I know. Oh my gosh. Okay. So our listeners got to hear your official bio, but it's no surprise the first words out of your mouth were about Disneyland. <laughs> Tell us a little bit more about yourself in your own words that we didn't get to hear in your bio. Well, I got to make sure you're correct there. It's Walt Disney World. Disneyland is on your side of the country. Just, just <laughs> and to be, only a yeah. Disney World exactly. Disneyland. They're very different. <laughs> One is much smaller. Um, right. one is, one is its own city, essentially Walt Disney World's its own city. So I'm here in Orlando, Florida, actually right behind me out that window in about three minutes, I would be at Magic Kingdom gates. So I'm your podcast producer. That's, that's all people really need to know. I four or five years ago, switched from music production to podcast production, and now I have about 30 shows that we do each week, anywhere from just producing the episode and sending people back the links and the files that they need to publish all the way to doing basically all the basic marketing collateral that people need to promote their episodes and, and providing them with those services as well. I, every few months, will have a couple of launch clients as well where I'm taking business owners, dentists, lawyers, leaders, executives, and helping them start their own podcast and start it in a way that it's successful from the beginning and starts building a community that they need to grow a business. Yes. Okay. So if you've been a longtime listener, you've heard me mention Danny for sure. He's the one that makes this sound amazing, makes me sound amazing and put high quality audio in your ears every single week. Danny's been with me since before day one. He has been on my team regarding the podcasting all 122 episodes as of the the airing (laughs) of of this show here today. Danny, we wanted to have a conversation for our listeners here about repurposing content, specifically podcast content, all with the reasoning of we can't be all things to all people, creating all new content, spinning all those plates. But you have a really great process and conversation we're going to have today about having podcasting be your hub and how Mm -hmm. you can repurpose that in a very effective and efficient way. So I think our listeners... And hey, stay tuned. Whether you want to be a podcaster or not, the things we're going to cover today may change your mind. 
And or if they don't change your mind about wanting to podcast, they will be great insights into how to just simply look at content as repurposing it and making it go further with your audience. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Awesome. All right, Danny. So where do we start with the whole podcasting being our central hub and repurposing that? Why do we want to repurpose our podcasts? Well, I may be a bit biased because I certainly make my living from podcasting and helping podcasters. But the reason I chose podcasting was the effect it had on me. And I've been on your podcast before. I can't remember if I shared this story. But I came to podcasting at a time in my life where there was a lot of stress. And there were several podcasts that I listened to that literally changed my life. In a way, saved me from a lot of things, from stress, from depression, from who knows where it could have gone. And that's why I fell in love with helping podcasters at the time I was a music producer, right? And the idea that people could have a long form conversation, they could share stories, they could allow someone to walk a mile in someone else's shoes. That was powerful to me. That's how we change the world. And so often today, our media, our news, they don't allow that to happen. And podcasting is the one form of new media where that does happen all the time. You listen to a podcast, you're guaranteed to get at least 10 minutes, if not more. And that doesn't happen with video. That doesn't happen with a blog necessarily. That certainly doesn't happen on TV. And so that's why it was powerful to me. And where it starts in, in your journey and when you're creating content marketing is that the podcast is that long form. You have the ability to start to work out your ideas, to share your expertise, to share your authority in long form. And you're not only doing it in long form and sharing lots of detail, but you're sharing stories. And what happens is this beautiful relationship that builds between you and the listener. They're listening to you for hours. In a span of a couple of episodes, they can get an hour of content. Go a few weeks and they've got two, three, four hours. They've got as many words as would be in a book. And so they're starting to develop this relationship because they're with you and your voice is in their earbuds. Yeah. Millimeters from their brain. So it's very intimate. And that relationship builds. And you're able to share lots of wonderful information, expertise, and authority. So once you have done that, you have all of these words that you've just vomited out of your mouth or whatever. They're out there. And it's really easy to take that recording, whether it starts with a podcast, you could also think about this in terms of live video. It's very easy to take that recording and have it transcribed. And then all of a sudden, you've got all these words that you can do a million things with. Right. So before we jump into the how to repurpose, I think I would like to just step one step back because Mm -hmm. we have people listening from just about every entrepreneurship industry. And what I love is that you're actually focusing on maybe the unexpected podcaster, right? We're Mm -hmm. not talking just online marketers or coaches, but you're looking at attorneys, realtors, financial advisors. Why are you talking to those niches? And why does that make sense for those professionals to do podcasting? It comes down to trust. We've heard this, you know, said millions of times that if you're building a business, 
you have to find the people that know, like, and trust you. And you've got to build that relationship. So when you're talking about lawyers, realtors, those are one-on-one trust-based relationships. If a lawyer doesn't have the trust of their client, they're not going to get the client. And I talk about this, maybe I'll share this episode with your listeners. I have a client who is Ernie, Ernie the attorney, Ernie Svensson. He's a law blogger, former attorney who helps small firm attorneys go uh, get more time back in their lives. He's kind of like you. He talks a little bit about productivity. He talks about technology and how you can use it. But he also talks about podcasting because he's got his own. And he talks about how lawyers are universally, well, what's the best way to say it? People don't tend to trust lawyers. They they have this perception of lawyers being untrustworthy, the the ambulance chasers, you know, so on and so forth. And a podcast is a great way for lawyers in particular to start to build that relationship of trust with future clients. And they can do it in any number of ways. I, I have another client who's a personal injury attorney, speaking of ambulance chasers. And he hates that reputation. He hates that most personal injury attorneys, it's kind of like realtors too. You've got to have a billboard or you've got to be on a bus bench or something like that. And it looks really cheesy. And so what he decided to do was do a podcast about his local area, which is something realtors could easily do as well. And it's essentially he's become the digital mayor of his town of 10,000 people. He interviews local people that are very interesting, the principal of the high school that just retired after 25 years. And he he gives those human interest interviews and stories and shares all those things. But then he does a restaurant review or recommends the mechanic that he's used for 10 years and things like that. He's grown up there. And essentially what he's done is established himself, like I said, as the digital mayor. He's the guy that people think of when they think of finding out about something cool in this town. And now if they need a lawyer, even if they don't need a personal injury attorney, they're contacting him first because they know him, they trust him, they've heard him talk for hours. It all goes back to that of just spending time with people, being right. their friend. Yeah. And also, I would add to that, setting yourself up as the authority or the expert, mm-hmm. right? Yes. When you are speaking on a topic, even if it's a parallel topic, so he's speaking on his community, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he's the go-to authority. That authority gets transferred to what his profession is. Yeah. And so that's a different way of utilizing podcasting. And also, I'd like to add that podcasting comes from a place of service. Mm-hmm. I would say every good podcaster I know is coming from a place of wanting to serve, share information, provide resources. And something magical happens when someone's on the receiving end of that that helps build the trust. Yeah. I mean, if you love what you do and you talk about it anyway with your friends or with your clients and you want to help people, podcasting is just an extension of that, really. Right, right. <laughs> You're just going to share what you talk about anyway. Yes. Okay. So, and I love that you said that you may be partial to podcasting. So in all honesty, we're both partial to podcasting. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening to this, but it's not because I didn't try something else. When I first started my business, it was like the bubble of everyone blogged, right? And Mm -hmm. anybody, if that's how you were going to build your audience and your authority, it was through blogging. And so I did blogging for quite some time. And it was probably more painful than going to the dentist and getting teeth pulled for me. Like Mm -hmm. I'm seriously just did not enjoy it. And of course that came across, right? 
I wasn't able to share my voice like I am in podcasting. My stories had to be edited down. They had to fit a certain word count each blog because people will only read so many words before they're off to the next subject. Yeah. It was very like formula, you know, do this, your intro, do this, do that. And I don't want to say podcasting isn't. I have a very clear structure, but that structure in podcasting still lends to me being able to show up and speak from passion and experience and tell stories that I may not even think of until in the moment that I'm talking. And I feel as though this podcasting medium for me was literally meant for me. Because when I did that, it allowed me to actually refine my voice and my opinion about productivity and my experiences. And blogging did not let me do that. And so I just want the listeners to hear like, if you're trying a method of marketing and it feels like it's nails on a chalkboard, I'm going to invite you to find a method or a medium that really, really lets you be you. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, there's an expectation with blogging that you're going to follow all those rules we were taught in high school and college about writing. I would say I'm, I'm a little different than you in terms of podcasting too. I, I, I am not a talker. I am very succinct when I need to say something. I don't get verbose. And when I do my podcast, I literally sometimes will have to script out things Mm -hmm. or I will write out a lot of bullet points to make sure I don't get lost or make sure I don't run out of, you know, something to say before too long. My episodes tend to be 10 to 15 minutes long because that's all I can do. So if you're out there and you think, well, I don't really like writing, but I also don't like talking. And there's also the experience of podcasting where you're alone in a room talking into a microphone and it's weird because you're not talking to anybody. So you can always picture that someone else is there, but you also can remember that with podcasting, you can do a lot of editing. You can make it sound like you didn't stop. You knew exactly what you were going to say, where even in other forms like video, you can edit. But in video, it's very obvious when you edit because you have a jump cut or you have to have a transition and people can see it. In podcasting, as as you well know from me editing your show, you can't really hear it when it gets edited. Like if it's over edited, certainly. But you always have that flexibility with podcasting where literally you can work stuff out and just ramble and ramble and ramble and figure out what you want to say while you're doing it. So it's a, it's a beautiful form of media for people that may not know what their pillar content is or what their main ideas are, what their full system and whatever is yet. It's the place where you can figure that out. And the people that listen to podcasts are also more forgiving. They want to hear you. Like you said, they want to hear those stories. They want to hear the authenticity. And you really truly are like a friend to them because these are people that are commuting for 45 minutes in a car by themselves or on the subway and don't want to talk to anyone else on the subway, but they have Amber in their ears as their friend to accompany them on that journey as they're trying to improve in whatever they're doing in life or in business. Hey everybody, I really do hope you love my show podcast strategies. Did you know that you can actually get paid just for listening to podcast strategies? 
I know it sounds insane, but it's true. There's this great new app out there. It's a free app called PodCoin, and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts. Here's how it works. You listen to podcasts and you earn PodCoin while you listen. Then you turn that PodCoin in for gift cards at places like Amazon or Starbucks. Or if you're feeling even more generous, you could actually even donate that PodCoin to charity. The more you listen, the more you earn. There's no catch. So here's what you do. Download the app right now on iPhone or Android, and I have a special code for you. Simply use our code, STRATEGIES, and you'll get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. And if you listen to enough of podcast strategies on there, you can get a cappuccino at Starbucks or an Amazon gift card on us. So go ahead and go listen to podcast strategies or virtually any podcast you want to on PodCoin and sign up with the code STRATEGIES. I swear it'll change the way you listen to podcasts. Okay, so let's talk about the obvious. This is a great method to grow your expertise and your business Mm -hmm. and monetize, but it is a lot of work. Mm -hmm. A lot of work. And I knew that going into podcasting because I am a high fact finder and I did all my homework. And I was clear that I was not going to move into podcasting until I had a team. And that's Mm -hmm. when I seeked you out. And I knew that based on my time availability, what I was willing to commit to it, that the time that I could put into it was solely the time of coming up with the content, recording the content, or doing the interviews, and nothing else really. And so that's where your company and your team has come in in really being able to take care of everything else. Now, when we first started, I actually had my own assistant. She still works with me now. She really knows my voice. So I don't experience all of your services, but I 100% see why all of the services you now offer are so important for entrepreneurs. Because in my opinion, this should be a line item on your marketing and advertising P&L. Mm-hmm. And it should be money that's invested and it's a long-term play. This is just my own personal opinion. This is a long-term play on the investment and the return you get on monetizing your podcast if you're doing it for a business. So Danny, talk to us about the ways in which someone would want to repurpose their content sure. to make that investment go the furthest. Yeah. I mean, to step back for a moment, you beautifully summarized what is the weakness of podcasting and that it is a lot of work. It's an older system. You know, when we think about video, we think about YouTube or we think about Facebook Live or Facebook in general, where you just upload a video and it's there and the whole world can see it. Podcasting has this system similar to blogging where for lack of going into technical explanation, when a podcast is created, it gets published to an RSS feed. And we're not even talking about like all the production stuff that happens before it gets to that point of being a finished episode. But it goes up into an RSS feed and then you've got to do a bunch of things to make sure that people can see it. Whether that's at the beginning of making sure it's listed in all of the popular podcast directories so that their Apple podcast app or their Google podcast app or their Spotify app can find your podcast. And then once you do that, you still need to grow the audience. And it's not like YouTube again, or it's not like Facebook where there's almost built in marketing where YouTube's going to suggest videos that are similar to this video, or they're going to throw an ad on there, or they're going to have certain tagging that allows people to find it or it shows it in results and things like that. 
podcasting is a little further behind than that, or it just hasn't been paid attention to by Apple and, and companies like that. So that's why there's all this work. It's not just me editing your show and mastering it and sending back a finished file with all your music in it. It's you then having to work with your assistants on show notes and the emails that are going to go around around it and the social posts. And if you're going to have an an opt-in form on the email that goes out, so all those different steps. And that's why that team is essential. The way to save time in podcasting is like what we're talking about, repurposing. And so the first step in that, like I touched on a little earlier, was you take your recording and you have it transcribed. And there's plenty of tools out there for that. There's 10 cents a minute automated, you know, AI tools like temi.com. There's rev.com that owns it where it's actual human being. You can hire transcribers. Like I have a client who is a neuroscience podcaster and she's an OG podcaster. It's been going for 10 years. She's got hundreds of episodes. She's got hundreds of thousands of listeners and millions of downloads and things like that. And she actually has a transcriber that specializes in science and medicine and things like that so that it's accurately transcribed. But once you have that transcription, you can, as the host of the show, almost take yourself out of it. Because like in your situation, you have Crystal, who's a great content creator. Crystal can take that transcription and um, like on my team, Darlene, and I have some other copywriters as well that can take the transcription and turn that into a really succinct set of show notes, which is usually a summary of the podcast with some bullet points in this episode, you will hear in teasing the episode and then listing all the resources, right? So you've got that tool immediately, which needs to go with the file that's going to go out to everyone on their podcast apps, but also is suitable for your website page because mm-hmm. you're going to want to have an episode page for each episode so that people can go there, go to your home base and listen to the content there. So once you have the transcription, you can actually create a blog post from the transcription. And what a lot of people don't realize when they think about content marketing and they see that Amber has a blog and a podcast and she does videos and on and on and on, is that the reason we're doing all those things is because different audiences pick different types of content. The person who's commuting, the person who's riding the subway, the person who's working out a lot, running, they might like podcasts because they can listen to podcasts wherever. The people that watch videos are different people. The people that like to read blogs are very different from the podcast listener often. So if you throw up a blog post, you're getting a new audience. But what you're also doing, especially on your website, is telling Google that you are a consistent content creator. You're taking the same piece of content, but throwing it up in a slightly more well-formatted form in blog form. Usually with my clients, we do it about 10 days after the episode comes out so that it also looks like to Google that you're very consistent and you're checking all the boxes for them. They like that and they put you higher in search results, which is very important to the growth of your podcast. It's sort of cyclical there. And then once you have the blog post, you can start to pull quotes and smaller pieces of text from it. You can create social posts from that, whether it's going on LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook or Pinterest or Instagram or whatever. You can create 
graphics, quote cards from the smaller pieces of text that go on Instagram or on Twitter and things like that. You can create audiograms where you're doing a short synopsis of your episode with a graphic from this text that you've transcribed from the episode and put that out there. It's another powerful form of social content where, you know, like right now with Facebook in particular, where they don't really want you to ask for engagement too much. They want to get back to that sort of one-on-one thing. So they're, if you put links in your posts, or if you say, hey, listen to my podcast here, things like that, Facebook is more likely to put your posts lower in people's timelines or, or not show them. So if you can throw up a video, which an audiogram is, they like that. They like video content still. So there's powerful things there. And then it starts to come back again. If you put these quotes from episode 120, let's see, let's say episode 119, which is about three weeks ago now, and you put some quotes on Twitter over a week and a half, you could come back three weeks later and say, okay, which of those quotes did the best, which have the most likes, things like that. Find the one that had the most likes and go shoot a two minute video and put that up on YouTube. So you've got this really powerful topic, smaller topic of this episode that you know people resonated with. And now you're creating something that's more meaty content to put up on a content channel like YouTube, where you've got a new audience and you know, okay, they're likely to resonate with that too, because the Twitter people did and boom. So you just keep creating these different pieces of content. You're essentially filtering down from that huge piece of content into smaller and smaller and smaller pieces of content. And honestly, like I said, earlier, you don't have to do this. Right. Once you get done talking, you can find a virtual assistant. And there's plenty of virtual assistants out there that aren't going to break the bank that specialize in content marketing that could turn. I mean, I have five of them on my team that could turn your transcript into a blog post, into social posts, into a PDF download. Like that's the other thing. You could create a synopsis, the cliff notes of your episode for people to download that once they've listened to the episode, they don't want to have to go back and listen again if there's something they liked. You can give them a piece of content there that also gets their email address and gets them on your email list each week. There's all sorts of ways to reuse, repurpose, recycle, whatever, you know, <laughs> we've been taught that's a good thing, right? It's a good thing. Reduce, it's reuse, a good and thing. Recycle. Yeah. Okay. So that was so many great ideas. I was literally yes. taking notes and I was like, yeah, I do that. I do that. Ooh, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. Like my team doesn't yeah, do that. So great for like people, the rundown. <laughs> right. I, I laid that out. If you, if you want to check out my podcast, it's called podcast strategies or just search my name, Danny Osmond. It's episode 23 of my podcast has that list as well. And I go into detail about more about how to do it. And I think I also have a blog post on my site, dannyosmond.com that laid it out as well as like the, uh, the 11 ways to repurpose your podcast or something like that. Okay, great. Well, well, we'll be sure to get those and those will be in the show notes too. If you're not able to write that down, if you're like, you know, with the gym running right now. Exactly. Okay. So what Danny, I would like to share with the audience, my process a little bit just to give them some insight. And then we can kind of collaborate on how maybe your team does that. So I literally get on zoom just like I am with Danny right now. And I talk to Crystal. Crystal has been with me for almost six years. And she is like my second brain, sometimes my first, I always joke about that. And I rant 
and literally I vomit, you used that word earlier, on an idea, a topic, something that I'm passionate about or I want to share. And I say it that way because what she's really good at doing is backing me up and saying, well, what about this? And, mm-hmm. and she literally takes all my ideas and by the way, we're recording this. So she re-listens to the recording. And I may rant for 15 minutes, right? Like this, this, this. And as I'm talking it out, because I'm a verbal processor, I may get to the end and have the great idea of how I was actually going to open the episode. So she mm-hmm. takes the recording and puts it in order and pulls it out and creates me an outline and literally creates the outline with my own words that I said on video. Mm-hmm. So then I get, let's see. Oh, and we identify already like where you hear in the beginning. In this episode, you will get, you will hear or discover, did you do, do? That's because we have identified like the key points of what I, my goal was to do a solo episode. She gives it back to me in an outline and then I record. And I record just like you said, like as much high energy as possible by looking at nobody into a mic. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, when I first started, Annie, when I wasn't as confident behind the mic, I had her like scripting it all out. And we spent even more time really scripting out like what was said. And I realized that was too much for me. I would trip over my words. I wasn't able to like, you know, I wasn't as good behind the mic. So we took it back and it was actually less work for her. And I showed up better by just doing an outline. I record. We send it to our amazing audio editor. Him and his team make it sound really, really good. It comes back... Oh, solos, I do intro, content, and outro. So that's the flow. It comes back to Crystal. I never touch it or listen to it again. Crystal then takes it and does the email that goes out once a week. And you have to test, right, Danny? Right? Like we've done things and then we've pulled things back because we're like, oh, it's not getting the results we wanted based on the effort that goes into it. So I used to make two separate emails a week to my audience. And we used to repurpose it on LinkedIn and Medium. And we pulled Medium and we kept it on LinkedIn. She creates a blog post. We do the wave files. She does the social media. She creates questions and like conversation starters for inside our group based on the topic. It literally gets recycled in almost many, many of the ways that you shared. And she's working down a checklist and created the processes for efficiency. Now, I pay her a lot of money and hours a week to do this. And so if your current team doesn't have that or the skill set, I would really highly recommend keeping it in-house with Danny because what happens is you send the audio, you don't touch it again. Danny, you can correct me, but then they get all these assets back, correct? Right, right. Yeah. And you were an example among many other examples as well that I looked at and saw the need for this. Yes. Because there there were a lot of podcasters that let's just put it this way, there's there's a term that exists called pod fade, which is that most podcasters don't make it past the the sixteenth episode or something like that because of all the work it takes to promote it and build this audience. And it's, it's worth it because once, and you found this, you know, once you get past that first year or that six months or that year, year and a half, 50 episodes, whatever, you start to see this momentum of people that love you, that are more loyal to you than any other form of media 
or, or any other content you're putting out that are willing to help you grow your community by telling other people. And these are the people that get on the email list and these are the people that buy the products and sign up for the masterclasses and come to the workshops and things like that. So I saw this need of podcasters not having the support to do that. And so what we do is very similar to what you're doing with your assistant with Crystal and and I assume a few other people as well in terms of the implementation. But my goal is to get the host to the point where they can, all they need to do in terms of their marketing is actually engage with people. So once you get that baseline marketing stuff out there, you've got Instagram DMs that come in. You've got people commenting on your LinkedIn post. You've got people commenting on your blog that never heard the podcast episode. And that's where you make your money is by engaging with them and continuing that relationship with people one-on-one because, I mean, I forget who said it, but relationships in a way are, are the new form of, of content marketing. You've got to build a relationship with someone to make that sale, to sign up that new client to get people to come to your event. You have to have that relationship. So we're doing basically the same thing where in the basic production of a podcast, you've you've got to edit it, you've got to assemble it, you've got to get all the noise out there. I don't know if you can hear, <laughs> we're going through a thunderstorm right now. So I would be you know, trying to remove thunder from this episode. I don't know that, that that's going to be possible, but we're doing all that. We're mixing it. We're we're making it a broadcast standard, right? So that when people listen to your episode, they're not annoyed. But then from that point, you've got to publish it. So you've got to get it out into the world, make sure it shows up on Spotify. And then you've got what we're doing is we're writing the show notes, which I described. We're creating a website page, usually on WordPress or Squarespace or whatever people use, putting the stuff up there. We're putting a player on that page. We are creating a blog post. We are going into their convert kit or active campaign or AWeber or MailChimp or whatever and sending out a weekly email that's usually the show notes. It's a simple, hey, this is what's in the episode. Check this out. We're then creating four to six social media posts. I have a little bit of experience in brand strategy and things like that. So with all our clients, I sit down and find out where their ideal clients hang out. Right. So where the listener of the podcast is actually going to be. I have a client right now who's in my mastermind who's a manufacturing leadership coach. So his people are on LinkedIn. <laughs> They're older men and women in their 50s that are CEOs of factories and things like that or COOs of factories. They're on LinkedIn. They're not on Twitter. They're not on Instagram. <laughs> They're hardly even on Facebook. So we're figuring out where those posts need to go. We're creating those posts, we're putting those out, we're scheduling them. And then we're doing the other things like creating a PDF so that on that website page, there's an opportunity in every episode for people to get on your email list. Because as much as we've raved about a podcast, Mm The holy grail of running a business now is the email list. Yes. If you can get people to give you their email address, that's like in the olden days, people telling you where they live. Because really it is. Their inbox is sacred. And people don't... 
you know, they don't want to have hundreds of thousands of emails in their inbox that's that are spam. That's why people create spam email accounts just so they can register for stuff. You want to get people on that email list. So we also provide that opportunity with every episode. Right. Okay. This is really good. So here's my two cents, my opinion. I think that if you are going to choose podcasting as your marketing method to reach your ideal clients and serve your community, you need to be in a place where you can invest. Either you choose to do it internally like I have Mm -hmm. or externally. But it is not your best use of your time to edit your own podcast unless you like somehow had a first career of editing audio. Okay. Like I don't even edit my own. Oh, you don't. Okay. So there you go. (laughs) Here's the deal. If you're trying to do all these things, I can tell you, you're going to do them mediocre at best. And you're seriously not going to get a return on your investment. My time is better spent talking to clients, working with clients, talking to potential clients. And like you said, building relationships. I can make the money to then invest in Danny's team or my assistant far more than I will ever, ever meet trying to post all my own social media, blog posts, you name it. It is not the best use of my time. So I am not being an advocate here for you to just pick up podcasting and wear all the hats. What I'm an advocate of is picking up podcasting if this is the method that you want to show up to your community. And you do have the ability to show up and do your best thing, which is speak on your topic, share your experiences, build relationships. But do not pick up the thousands of administrative tasks that actually Mm. make podcasting a success. Yeah. I that totally was my agree. rant. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally agree. And 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 I'll sum things up. To be just the advocate for podcasting again, we both advocated it for it so far. But um, I had an experience. This was early earlier this year. If you're familiar with the tool ClickFunnels, ClickFunnels is a tool like lead pages or. It, it's not really an ECRM. It's, it's essentially a way to build landing pages or build funnels, sales funnels, things like that. And it was created by a man named Russell Brunson. You, you may have seen him or heard of him or seen videos. He's, he gets around. But he, I forget the name of his club. It's like a seven figures club or three comma club or something like that, that he has for people who have used click funnels to make millions of dollars. And these are people who aren't just network marketing people who are creating pyramid schemes and whatever. These are small businesses. These are realtors. There's lawyers. All these types of small businesses we have in our community. He did this really cool virtual summit earlier this year where he had 30 or so of his seven-figure club people on. And he gave them this situation that if you had to start over, if you lost everything and you had to get back to seven figures in 30 days, what would you do? And they all had different little ideas of strategies for their industries and what they would do. But to a T... Every single one of them said they would start with a podcast. And that's kind of what Amber and I are saying here is that you can save time by repurposing, but podcasting in general is just a very good idea because of that relationship building, community building aspect of it. If you're building a small business, you rely on your clients and the trust of your clients. And the best way to do that right now, in my opinion, is through a podcast. 
Absolutely. And I think they know that. That's why they're here listening to this podcast. They feel some sort of connection. Exactly. It's a value to them. Absolutely, Danny. Danny, thank you so much for being our guest here today and talking all things about making the work of podcasting so much more valuable by repurposing in all the ways and serving multiple different types of audiences. And I think that's what you touched on really is you'll find your audience is everywhere. You can't be everywhere. So start somewhere and repurpose in the other places. Hey, Danny, thank you so much for being here today and sharing so much great information about how to make the podcast go the extra mile and repurposing our content and, and really doing it in an effective and efficient way. How can our listeners reach out to you, find out more from you and stay connected? Well, the quickest way to get connected to me would be to, in your podcast app right now, go search my name, Danny Osmond, and you'll find my podcast, Podcast Strategies. That's where my best advice is going to be. And you can always find me at my websites, dannyosmond.com and emeraldcitypro.com. Great. Thanks, Danny. Thank you so much, Amber. <laughs> 